Chapter Eighteen of Vicky Van by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eighteen. Pibsey dines out. The dinner at Ruth Schuyler's was memorable, and yet it was in no way markedly unusual. The service was perfect, as might be expected in that well-ordered household, and the guests were well behaved fibsy thanks to fleming stone's thoughtful kindness was arrayed in the proper dinner garb of a schoolboy and his immaculate linen and correct jacket seemed to invest him in a mantle of politeness that sat well on his youthful buoyancy and enthusiasm i glanced round the table it was a strange combination of people fleming stone was the sort of man who is at ease anywhere and i too am adaptable by nature but the schuyler sisters were evidently annoyed at the idea of receiving as an equal the youth whom they regarded as a mere street arab fibsy had become a firm friend of ruth's but he couldn't seem to like the other ladies and he with difficulty refrained from showing this the misses schuyler were impressive in their heavy and elaborate mourning and to my mind ruth looked far more appropriately dressed she wore a black and white striped chiffon with touches of black silk and the effect with her pale face and fair hair was lovely a breast-knot of valley lilies added to the loveliness and i allowed my eyes to feast on her fairness i had thought ruth was not what would be called a pretty woman certainly she was not beautiful but that night her charm appealed to me more strongly than ever and i concluded that her air of high-bred delicacy and infinite fineness were more to be desired than mere beauty fibsy too devoured her with his eyes though discreetly and when he thought he was not observed fleming stone devoted himself to the sisters probably i concluded because he was in their employ and so owed them his attention ruth wore her beautiful pearls and referred to the fact half apologetically saying that mr schuyler had always liked to see them on her and she felt privileged to continue to use them even in her mourning period you like only poils pearls don't you mrs Guyler? fibsy's slip of pronunciation was due to his slight embarrassment at his novel surroundings but he valiantly corrected himself and ignored it i like other gems ruth replied but mr Guyler preferred pearls and gave me such beauties that i have grown very fond of them i remember ruth said sarah reminiscently how you used to beg randolph for sapphires and diamonds instead you even wanted semi-precious stones turquoises and topaz oh i remember but randolph taught you that pearls were the best taste for a young matron and you grudgingly acquiesced oh not grudgingly sarah and ruth flushed at the reprimand in her sister's voice yes grudgingly even unwillingly in fact all randolph's decisions you fought until he made you surrender you know how you wanted gay-coloured gowns until he made you see that greys and mauves were better taste never mind my peccadilloes said ruth lightly let's talk of something less personal let's talk about the weather suggested fibsy who was not conducting himself on the scene and not heard plan the park is fine now all full of red and golden autumn leaves have you noticed it mrs schuyler not especially and ruth smiled at him in appreciation of his conversational help i must walk over there to-morrow yes'm and why don't you go for a long motor right up westchester way the scenery's great how do you know have you been there not just lately but i was last fall do you remember the big trees just at the turn of the road by 
but ruth was not listening to the child stone had said something that claimed her attention however fibsy was unabashed with no trace of forwardness but with due belief in his security of position as a guest he continued to chatter to ruth and rarely addressed anyone else he has something up his sleeve i thought for i was beginning to have great faith in the lad's cleverness he sat at ruth's left hand stone being in the seat of the honour guest and as that left me between the two sisters i was doomed to participate in their chatter but i was opposite my hostess and could enjoy looking at her in the intervals of conversation suddenly i chanced to look up and i saw pipsy's comical little face drawn with grimaces as he sang a snatch of a popular song my heart goes twirly-whirly when i see my pearly girly with her now what is the next line with her with her ring around a rosy curls supplemented ruth her own face breaking into laughter as caught by the infection of pipsy's waggish gaiety she rounded out the phrase yes that's it said pipsy eagerly and her teeth like little shining pearls oh she's my queen of all the girls my little twirly whirly pearly girly ruth and pipsy finished the silly little song in concert and stone clapped his hands in applause rhoda sniffed and sarah acidly remarked how can you ruth i wish you'd be a little more dignified quickly the light went out of ruth's eyes she looked reproved and though she didn't resent it a patient sadness came into her eyes and i resolved that i would do all i could to get it arranged that she should live apart from the two carping criticizing sisters after dinner we had coffee in the library again fleming stone took it upon himself to entertain the mrs schuyler and i drifted toward ruth she sat down on a sofa and motioned fibsy to sit beside her i drew a chair up to them and thanked a kind fate that let us all leave the table at once dispensing with a more formal tarrying of the men after the coffee there were liqueurs i glanced at fibsy to see if he accepted a tiny glass from the butler's tray he did and moreover he examined the contents with the air of a connoisseur ou de vie de danzig he remarked holding up his glass and gazing at the gold flecks in it we all smiled at him your favourite cordial terence asked stone affably yes sir don't you love it mrs schuyler yes she said and then why no i don't love it child but one gets accustomed to something of the sort but don't you like it better than cream de mint or benediction he persisted ruth laughed outright how do you know those names you funny boy she said read em on the big signboards he returned they have the biggest billboards in new york for one of these liquors i forget which one these are what i like said ruth smiling as the footman passed a small bowl of sugared rose leaves and crisp green candied mint leaves take some terence they're better for you than liqueurs help yourself they are good and fipsy obeyed her they taste like going into a florist's shop so they do agreed ruth herself taking a goodly portion rubbish said rhoda i think these things are silly randolph would never allow them now rhoda there's no harm in a few candies protested ruth and then she changed the subject quickly for she evaded a passage at arms with the sisters whenever possible 
the talk however soon drifted to the never forgotten subject of the murder the sisters mulled over all they had heard or learned during the day and begged stone to propound theories or make deductions therefrom stone obeyed as that was what he was employed for i think miss van allen is masquerading as somebody else he affirmed i believe she is in some house not very far from this neighbourhood under the care of some friend and accompanied and looked after by her maid julie i believe she is in touch with all that goes on not only from the newspapers but by means of some spy system or secret investigation but the net is drawing round her i cannot say just how but i feel sure that we shall yet get her it was a grievous mischance that i let her escape last night but i shall have another chance at her i'm sure and then you'll arrest her said rhoda with a snap of her thin lips i dare say lowney tells me the finger-prints on the little knife with which mr schuyler was killed are clear and unmistakable but we have not yet found out whose they are and can you said ruth anxiously if we find miss van allen said stone we can at least see if they are hers pooh said Fibsy contemptuously why didn't you tell me before that you had the claw prints i can get miss van allen's all right all right how said i for Fibsy had lapsed into the careless speech that meant business over to her house why they're all over i've only got a photograph some brushes and things on her dressing table to get all the prints you want that's true agreed stone but it won't give us what we want nobody doubts that miss van allen held the knife that stabbed mr schuyler and to prove it would be a certain satisfaction but what we want is the woman herself it was then that i noticed ruth's maid tibbets hovering in the hall outside the library door you may go home tibbets ruth said to her kindly these gentlemen will stay late and i'll look after them myself tibbets went away and ruth said explanatorily my maid is a treasure i'd like to have her live here but she is devoted to her own little roof-tree and i let her off whenever possible i knew tibbets had a home over on second or third avenue and i thought it kind of ruth to indulge her in this but after a change of domicile herself perhaps ruth would arrange differently for her maid and too as winnie had often told me of ruth's cleverness and efficiency in looking after herself and her belongings i well knew she could get along without a maid whenever necessary did you ever trace that picture in mr schuyler's watch ruth asked a few moments later yes i said it was just as we supposed a little vaudeville actress whom mr schuyler had taken out to supper gave it to him and he stuck it in his watch-case temporarily her name is dotty fay and she seemed to know little about mr schuyler and cared less merely the toy of an evening she was to him and merely a chance that the picture was in his watch the night of his visit to vicky vans we had come to discuss the personal matters of randolph schuyler thus freely for we were all at one in our search for the truth and there were no secrets or evasions among us ruth sighed but i knew her dear face so well now that i realized it was not from personal sorrow but a general regret that a man of schuyler's ability and power should have been such a weakling morally i knew she had never loved her husband but she had been a faithful and dutiful wife and no word or hint of blame had ever escaped her lips regarding him she had been a martyr but i hadn't learned this from her the sisters though unconsciously told me much of the deprivation and narrowness of ruth's life 
schuyler had ruled her with a rod of iron and she had never rebelled though at times her patience was nearly worn out later in the evening fibsy asked for some phonograph music expressing his great delight in hearing a really fine instrument and good records i doubt if you'll care for our selections ruth remarked as she looked over the cabinet of records they're almost all classical or old-fashioned songs i like the classical kind fibsy said endeavouring to be agreeable please play the gayest you have though but there were few gay ones in the collection wagner's operas and beethoven's solemn marches gave forth their noble numbers and fibsy sat politely listening no ragtime i suppose he said after a particularly depressing fugue resounded its last echoes no and ruth glanced at him mr schuyler didn't care for ragtime on the phonograph she added perhaps remembering dotty fay we stayed late several times stone proposed our departure but ruth urged us to remain longer or began some subject of interest that held us in spite of ourselves i had never seen her so entertaining indeed i had never before seen her in what might be called a society setting she was a charming hostess and the occasion seemed to please her for there was a pink flush on her cheeks and an added brightness to her grey eyes that convinced me anew of the joy she could take in simple pleasures she singled out fibsy for her especial attentions and the boy accepted the honour with a gentle grace that astounded me when talking to her he lost entirely his slang and uncouth diction and behaved as to the manner born he was chameleonic i could see and he unconsciously took colour from his surroundings and sometimes i caught him gazing at ruth with a strange expression that mingled amazement and sadness and i couldn't understand it at all again i would find ruth's eyes fixed on me with a beseeching glance that might mean anything or nothing as a whole the atmosphere seemed surcharged with a nameless excitement almost a terror as if something dire were impending once or twice i saw stone and terence exchange startled glances but they rarely looked at each other there was something brewing of that i was sure but whatever it was it did not affect the schuyler sisters they were eager to talk anxious to hear but they felt nothing of the undercurrent of mysterious meaning that affected the rest of us i was glad when the time came to go it was very late nearly midnight and i marvelled to see that ruth showed no sign of weariness the sisters had been frankly yawning for some time but ruth's eyes were unnaturally bright and her pale cheeks showed a tiny red spot on either side she shook hands nervously and her voice trembled as she said good-night fleming stone and the boy were moved i could see that but they made their adieu without reference to future meeting or further work on the mystery we went away and as we turned the corner i started across the street to go to my home come into the van allen house a few minutes calhoun said stone gravely i've something to tell you we went in at vicky van's stone's manner was ominous he and fibsy were both silent and grave-looking we went in at the street door into the hall and then to the living-room stone and i sat down and fibsy darted out to the dining-room back to the hall and up the stairs flashing on lights as he went in silence stone lighted a cigar and offered me one which i took feeling a strange notion that the end of the world was about to come in another moment fibsy came slowly downstairs walked into the living-room where we were 
gave one look at stone and then threw himself on a divan buried his face in the cushions and burst into tears his thin little frame shook with sobs great deep heart-rending nerve-racking sobs that made my own heart stand still with fear what could it all mean what ailed the boy tell me stone i begged what is it what has upset him so he has found vicky van said fleming stone and it has broken his heart what do you mean don't keep me in this suspense where is vicky upstairs no said stone not now explain please i said beginning to get angry i will said stone no cried fibsy no mr stone let me t -t tell w wait a minute i'll tell oh oh i knew it all day but 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 i couldn't believe it i wouldn't believe it why mr calhoun vicky van is is why mrs schuyler is vicky van End of chapter eighteen